0: So stop shopping and start discerning. Trust your love story to the original Catholic dating site and use the promo code Redbox at checkout for 20% off at catholicsingles.com.
1: It is... Holy Smokes. Catholic Review... With me, your host, Father Scott. Okay, so we should have the boys coming in a little bit and uh, talking about uh, all the good stuff that we like to talk about, cigars and uh, perhaps game show and uh, all things Catholic and uh, otherwise... All right. So uh, big week uh, today as we record this, this is the Feast of the uh, Archangels. So Michael and the Archangels. And uh, also it is the day of the first presidential debate between Donald Trump, our president and vice president, former vice president, uh, Joe Biden. Of course, by the time you listen to this podcast, the uh, debate will have come and gone. However, there are many more. I think two more. Two more, uh yeah, well that's not many, but two more, and then uh one vice presidential debate. So something to look forward to. Okay, so speaking of such things, uh you know in our parish, uh many people there's many uh uh people in our parish who are big supporters of President Donald Trump. There's some who are not so much. They just don't like him. You don't don't like his his well, he's just how he is. President Trump, you know, uh, so they're going to still vote for him because Biden, even though he's Catholic, uh, is pro-choice. OK, and not just a, a proponent of abortion, but also, I believe, late term abortion. So uh, no way they will vote for such a person. Now, other people, of course, uh, just really can't stand Donald Trump and like Biden, so we'll vote for him. So whatever the case is, I'm giving two thumbs up to President Donald Trump for nominating Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court. My prayer is, and I'm fasting for this as well, as best I can. Not that I'm uh, expert in fasting, but I try. Uh, I'm I'm praying and fasting that she is uh, confirmed very soon, uh, because she's a great woman. She's a smart woman. She's a Catholic woman. She's a great judge. She studied under Scalia. She knows her stuff. She has seven children. She's proven herself a great a mom and family person. Seven children. And uh, raising them to be Catholics, and she's pro-life, 100% pro-life. So uh, my prayer is that she is, uh, well, she's already been nominated, but my prayer is, and I invite you to join me in prayer, that she is uh, to be confirmed very soon. We need a person like this on the Supreme Court. Okay, that would be Amy Tony Barrett for the Supreme Court. Again, two thumbs up to President Trump for nominating this great woman, this great Catholic woman, this great pro-life Catholic woman. Okay, there's this item from newadvent.org. Of course, we read the headline, so you won't have to. Uh, This is from Joseph Pierce. Now, of course, you know that uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away, what was that, two weeks ago? a week and a half, two weeks ago. And uh, she was immediately canonized, especially by the media. Um, and uh, yeah, well, OK, uh, sure. She was a great woman, very influential. Many people got into law because of her. Uh, and and in case you didn't know this, uh, she was great friends with Anthony Scalia. Of course, he uh, passed away some years ago. Uh, very conservative man on the Supreme Court. Uh, And she was very liberal, but the two got along great. Their families vacation together and uh, Scalia and Ginsburg attended the opera together. They loved the opera. And I guess of Ginsburg, you know, she came out. And this is according to the local news anyway, every year for the Santa Fe Opera and love New Mexico skies. Of course, who wouldn't, you know, we got the best skies. All right. So any case, uh, the two of them were were great friends. But this headline, and I'm going to read it for you. Uh, the problem with canonizing Ruth Bader Ginsburg while ignoring her many victims. Who would that be? Her many victims. Uh, I'll tell you. I'm sure you figured it out already. The unborn, many unborn children. Uh, yeah, she was uh, pro uh, abort, so many victims. So, this again, this article you can read it yourself newadvent.org and uh, by joseph pierce the problem this is just again the headline the problem with canonizing ruth bader ginsburg while ignoring her many victims the unborn wow well i say that uh, we get into the gospel Okay, our gospel is taken for the 26th Sunday of Ordinary Time, which, by the way, was also the Feast of St. Vincent to Paul. And our gospel would be Matthew twenty-one, twenty-eight through 32. So here we go. Jesus said to the chief priest and the elders of the people, What is your opinion? A man had two sons. He came to the first and said, Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. He said in reply, I will not. But afterwards changed his mind and went. The man came to the other son and gave the same order. He said in reply, Yes, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two did his father's will? And they answered, The first. Jesus said to them, Amen, I say to you, tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before you. When John came to you in the way of righteousness, you did not believe him, but tax collectors and prostitutes did. Yet, even when you saw that, you did not later change your minds and believe him. And there you have it the gospel according to Matthew. Um I do want to comment on uh, something that is taken from the second reading from this past Sunday's mass from Philippians. I'll get to that in a second. But to the gospel text first. The gospel text for this Sunday's mass piggybacks or follows very well last Sunday's gospel text or perhaps it would be better to say that uh, the lesson okay gleaned from This Sunday's text nicely follows the lesson transmitted by last Sunday's gospel text. So if you hit your mind's recall button, you will recall the parable of the landowner who hired and sent men out into his vineyard. Some of the hired workers worked all day. Remember this this parable? So they worked all day while other hired workers, those who were hired later in the day, uh, worked only a few hours. And at the end of the day, all the hired men... Those who worked all day and those who worked only part of the day received the full day's wage. A lesson learned here, of course, is that our God is generous with his mercy, that repentant sinners, those who turn from sinful ways and turn to God, no matter how late in life, are given a place in heaven, along with those who faithfully serve the Lord throughout life. Of course, yes, there's purgation, Okay, souls have to be purified before they enter into the presence of the Lord. But again, as I mentioned last week on this podcast, souls in purgatory, they're all going to heaven. Okay, they're just being purified. Okay, so uh, this is the lesson. It's a lesson about the mercy of the Lord. Now then, our Lord Jesus uh, once said this. This is from uh, Luke's gospel. This is 1910. The son of man has come to seek out and save what was lost. Now, the same Lord also said this, those who are healthy do not need a doctor, but the sick do. I have come not to call the righteous to repentance, but sinners. That's Luke 531. So uh, I might have mentioned her last week or the week before the sinful woman who was caught in adultery. Remember her? Uh, She was about to be stoned to death. And uh, Jesus not only saved her life, he saved her soul. So the wretched woman had a conversion experience. She renounced her sinful way of life and became a faith-filled follower of Jesus Christ. And Jesus gave her grace enough to renounce her sinful way. And she, the sinful woman, responded by cooperating with that grace. In other words, Jesus invited the woman to be his follower and she accepted the invite, you see. So, you know, it's true. The world is full of sinners, sick, sick souls who need the divine doctor. So Jesus is that divine doctor. And he came to save sick souls, souls infected with the disease of sin. All right. And who would that be? Well, that would be me. That would be you. I am that sick soul. You are that sick soul. The truth being that you and I were conceived in original sin, stained with original sin. This is a fact. You and I were conceived in sin. Oh yeah. Baptism washed away the stain of original sin. But do you know what? We still live with the effects of original sin. We still therefore tend towards sin. All right. And uh, grace, this is why we need grace. Grace comes from whom? Grace is, look, here's what grace is. Grace is the medicine. And it comes from the divine physician. All graces flow from the person of Jesus Christ. So this is why we need him. Grace perfects nature. The more grace that you have, the less sin. Oh, and the more you collaborate and cooperate with that grace, the less sinful you are. So this is why you need grace. Grace is that medicine comes from whom? The divine physician. This is why you need Jesus. This is why I need Jesus, because I, too, am a sinner, you see. And as for the righteous, you know, Jesus spoke to in this gospel From this past Sunday, Jesus spoke to the chief priest and the elders who, by the way, they would stand on the street corner and look down their noses. Oh, look at those people, tax collectors and sinners and other types of sinful people. There's different degrees and different types of sinful people. The, the, The righteous ones, the elders and the chief priests standing on the street corner looking down. Oh, those people. Well, Jesus turned to them and said, prostitutes tax collectors are getting into heaven long before you and why because tax collectors and sinners were repenting and making a choice they were they were renouncing their sinful ways and making the choice to follow Jesus to believe in him and to follow him something that the elders and chief priests were not willing to do you see so You and I, we all need Jesus, but we need to renounce our sin. And you know what? It doesn't matter how deep the sin, how great the sin of the past, and it doesn't matter how late in life, turn away from that sin, renounce it, and follow Jesus, and you will one day find yourself basking in the glory that is heaven. Uh, By the way, you know John the Baptist, when he was preaching on the banks of the Jordan River, what was his message? Wasn't it to repent? And Jesus, when he began his public ministry, what was his message? I can tell you what it was. Repent and believe in the gospel. Repent, because that's where it starts. you got to renounce your sin. I have to renounce my sin. And then follow Jesus. If you do that, and if I do that, you and I will find ourselves basking one day in God's glory. Okay, so I want to switch gears for just a moment and take a look at the second reading from this past Sunday's Mass. So it would be from Philippians. This is 2, 1 through 11. Um, Just the, the second really half or a part of anyway, the second half of the reading. So have in you the same attitude that is also in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, and you're hearing this going, what? What does that mean? Uh, Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave coming in human likeness and found human in appearance. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. And because of this, God highly exalted him, and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend, of those in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Okay. Here we go. Pay attention. Adam. Adam and Eve, our original parents, were in the Garden of Paradise... The evil one came along and said to them, basically this, this God has given you paradise, but I will give you something greater. If you simply bow down and worship me, I will offer you something far greater than what this Lord God. In fact, your God is holding something from you. He knows that once you eat the fruit, the forbidden fruit, your eyes will be opened and you Will have knowledge of good and evil. You will be able to make your own decisions. You don't need to any longer obey him, and you will have a life. I will give you a life far beyond the life that he is offering you, he being the Lord God. Okay, you again will live for yourself. You will experience a joy and a happiness far beyond anything. And they were in a garden paradise that the Lord God had given them. So the devil comes along and feeds them this big line saying you will be fulfilled, even though they were already fulfilled, but you will be fulfilled. You will be happier than, than, than what you're happy. You think you're happy now. Okay. I will give you something far greater so I will give you a li- I will give you life. You think this is life? I'll give you life. Just do as I tell you. Go eat that fruit. See how pleasing it is to the eye? Why is your God keeping you from that? Why? Okay, basically. All right. It's not, you know, I paraphrase. I'm just kind of adding some color to this. But the point is, Adam and Eve, and let's just stick with Adam. He reached out for what he thought. Would be more life, a better life, a greater life, more fulfilled life, a happier life. So he disobeyed God. And what happened? He brought condemnation upon himself and all of humanity following. Jesus did not deem equality with God as something. Oh, and that's the lie of the devil, right? You will be. And this is the lie. Look, what? How did When Satan fell, well, well, why? What was it? He, Satan himself, pride, and he was an archangel. He did not want to follow. Look, he was, he was not happy. He's not satisfied being God's favored angel, being an archangel. Satan wanted to be equal to God. He didn't want to be God. He wanted to be equal to God. And this is what, you know, the line he fed Adam and Eve. Okay, you will be like God. You will decide for yourself. You will be like God. Okay, so so Adam, you know, he, he disobeyed the Lord and fell from grace, bringing condemnation upon himself and all of humanity following. Jesus did not deem equality with God as something to be grasped. Jesus who is in fact God took the form of a slave being born in the likeness of men. We call this the incarnation. He took onto himself our broken nature, our nature. Our human nature. Okay, becoming a slave and Jesus unlike, you know, Adam who reached out for what he thought would be a better life, more life, a more productive life, a more fulfilled life. Jesus, what did he do? He embraced The cross. Jesus embraced the cross. He embraced death so as to be able to restore humanity, which had been condemned, to the friendship of the Lord God. So while Adam reached out for what he thought, and did the devil lie to Jesus as well and tempt him? Of course, in the garden, right? Oh, just bow down to me. Here's what I'm going to offer you. But Jesus. You know what? He rejected that and he embraced the cross. He embraced death, died as a slave, and then, of course, restored humanity to God's grace. You see this? So Jesus Christ is Lord. This is the end of the text, right? Jesus Christ is Lord. He has saved us all. Okay, so those are the readings. That's the gospel and the second reading for this 26th Sunday in Ordinary Time. So I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, Is Tony here yet? No, no, not yet. So it gives me time for another headline. This is from the Huffington Puffington Post. Okay. And uh, this was, uh, it was written in by Jamie Smith, who's guest writer. And uh, she's 40 something year old attorney. She's a mother. She says she lives in a quiet neighborhood uh, and a garage full of scooters and soccer balls and so on. So she wrote in saying this, okay, I'm a 40 something attorney and mother who lives in a quiet neighborhood with a yard and a garage full of scooters and soccer balls. I often walk with my children and get ice cream and so on. So like so many other women in the United States, when I learned of the passing of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. My first reaction was not grief, but fear. I fear that American citizens are inching closer to living in a theocracy or dictatorship and that the checks meant to prevent this from happening are close to eroding beyond repair. When Justice Ginsburg died, I knew immediately that action was needed on a scale that we have not seen before. Our democracy has become so fragile that the loss of one of the last guardians of common sense and decency in government less than two months before a pivotal election has put our civil and reproductive rights in danger, like never before. And so, I have turned to Satanism. (laughs) Uh, I think Tony last week said something about uh, we're losing our ability to be rational. There you have it. Hey, last week, uh, you know, the uh, I mentioned the birds. There's a bunch of birds that uh, have dropped out of the sky and died here in New Mexico. And, uh, you know, we didn't know why, but now we know why. It's because of the fires, ultimately. Uh, today, by the way, is the first day I've been able to see, or anyone living here has been able to see, really, the mountains. Uh, of course, we can see the, the Sandias, because they're the ones that are close by. So, uh, from where we record this podcast... Um, we can see the Hamas mountains to the North. We can see to the West Mount Taylor. We can see to the, uh, South or I'm sorry, the North. Yeah. The Northeast, you can see the Rocky mountains. You can see then, uh, behind us, you can see the, uh, Sandias and also the Manzano mountains. So because of the fires coming, the smoke that is coming from California and also Colorado, you know, we've been not able to see the mountains for some time. But today is the first day and the skies are as blue as can be. So uh, in any case, it turns out with the birds dying, I guess birds, you know, they, they, they migrate. Well, I'm not guessing. I know they migrate. So, uh, there's different migration paths. Okay. So the birds that, uh, on the West coast, they have their migration, but because of the fires, it took them out of their usual migration. And so basically, uh, they were just flying around aimlessly. And so basically, uh, because you know, they, they, they know where their food sources are. Well, flying in a, in a, path that's not familiar to them they starve to death is what they're saying it's what they're telling us now is that these birds actually starve to death so by the time they got to new mexico they just dropped out of the sky uh and died from starvation that's very sad so there you have it uh so and i got this thanks to uh donna farrell for passing this information uh on to uh to me so i can pass it on to you okay tony Willamitis, everybody Tony yay how is life treating you how's it
2: going well Good. I've just got um, I'm just finished I just finished up with work so here I am now we and we decided to do this little get together uh, this week on the podcast a little early because we have the debate the the uh, the debate the presidential debate uh, tonight the first of the first right between the sitting president
1: there's three
2: scheduled and
1: his for his competition three scheduled for the presidential one scheduled for the vice presidential so this is the first one and then will biden show up for the other two we don't know will he show up for this one we don't know (laughs) at this point but by the time people hear this then we will have known right so right yeah exactly hey you well you know it's fresh on my brain because i've just been working a,
2: a full hard day's work and um and I got to thinking today about the the hard work that I do. And I'm not saying I'm the hardest worker out there. But it did occur to me that, you know, when I'm tempted at work to stop working, waste time, take a longer break than we're supposed to, take a big fat lunch longer than we're supposed to be, I I get to thinking, isn't it important in this country, speaking of like all things to do with America, presidential debates, et cetera, isn't it important in this country to work hard to put in a, a just day's work for a just day's wage? Mm-hmm. As one of the uh, examination of consciences I came across one time said, <laughs> and I forget, I forget which commandment it falls under.
1: Well, that would be under the commandment, thou shalt not steal, because you, 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 you cannot
2: steal time. There you go. That's the one. It was, are, are you stealing from your employer? And I got to thinking, you know, like, it's important for me to stay on top of my game at work. Because, like, I might be tempted uh, to be lazy. I might be tempted to get distracted. I might be tempted to do something personal at work that I could just wait until work's over and then go do it then. Because that's like, uh, when you should do personal stuff.
1: Well, like George Costanza, who, you know, built his bed <laughs> under his desk and <laughs> yeah. took three-hour naps during the day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like that. And other things. And I'm sure we all have, you know, shenanigan stories that we could tell. About ourselves or others. But, you know, it really is important, I think, in this country to remember that uh, we owe it to God, first and foremost, as a matter of eternal justice, to do our best to work every day at our jobs, if we have one. And if we have one, my goodness, if for no other reason than because you're grateful that you have a job these days, right? I told you that story about how um, even if I qualified for welfare welfare i don't think i would ever go on it because i think my dad would come back from the dead and haunt me now i'm not saying that there aren't just situations where welfare helps people don't get me wrong right don't don't email and say i'm a big fat jerk i'm just saying i don't know that i could ever go on it because even if i did justly qualify for it my dad would come back from the grave and be like son you got to get back to work i don't care so well, okay, there's some so,
1: people who need it because absolutely. of
2: whatever reason. Absolutely. And, I think like, like, and I'm glad we have it for those people who actually literally need it and are in those situations where they're benefited from it.
1: Like workman's comp well, for the person who's injured, right? right? So, a person who's injured uh-huh. or is unable to work. Okay, so there's yeah, workman's or comp. How about, but there's people who have the ability to work and don't, so they milk the system. That is a ripoff. That is criminal. Yeah, I think that's unfair. I think we've got to be careful about doing
2: that. Well, back to my stories about work. Well, not necessarily stories, just reflections. I think it's important to remember as Americans, and I think this is what we've lost and especially among the younger generations and why so many of them we say don't know how to work, quote unquote right. And I think it's true. I mean I think part of that comes from the way you're raised. I mean, I don't know how you were raised, but I was raised with like 14 chores that I had to do every day, a checklist, and if I didn't get them done, I had to do them before I went to
1: bed. Sometimes I went to bed late. You know, I was, what, you know what I was growing up? I was the remote control. Sun channel 13. <laughs> right? Sun channel 4. Well, I was the remote control.
2: I was the dishwasher. I was the... Sweeper. Garage sweeper. I was, yeah, you name it, man. The wood fetcher. Well, and I'm glad. At the time, I probably, you know, I wasn't so happy about having to do those things. Um, but now I'm happy that it's turned me into, a you know, somebody who has a good work ethic. Well... That being said, you know, I I got to thinking it worked even today. I was thinking how important it is that we do our jobs, we do them well, because we're all contributing to this great country. Even if we don't think that what we do really matters, it's a network of essential employees. We're all essential. One serves the other serves the other serves the other serves the other and it all comes together and it's like a it's like a puzzle all the pieces interlock to create the picture of America and if we as long as down, if we fall down well, I was going to say, as long then as not, we all do our part, absolutely, then we're, then we're not, even our small little puzzle piece, part of it, we're falling down. We're not supporting this. So it's not just us that doesn't benefit from it. It's the rest of the network that doesn't benefit from it. It's a great Catholic concept, really the body of Christ, right? Our actions affect others, right? Even if it doesn't seem like it. So all that being said, just a reflection today about how important it is to just kind of keep our noses to the grindstone and do our work and do it justly and and like really give our time over to it you know what I mean like there's time to do our other things at other times that have you know nothing to do with work but when we're at work we
1: should work and not grumble yeah, absolutely. Just you know, but accurate. we see this. Look, we even see this with people going to mass that they grumble about having to go to mass because why? We want to just be entertained all the time. Yeah. We just want to be entertained all the time. This is why we take our radios to to work now. Mm-hmm. We have our uh, buds in our ears exactly. while we work. Yeah, Some exactly. people have TVs in their offices yeah. so they can totally. watch, you know, NFL channel or ESPN <laughs> while they work. I don't, I don't know who has that. No, I do. <laughs> Havana house, pal. Uh, <laughs> you don't tell me there's a TV uh, right on oh the wall. Gosh, that's funny. Well, anyway,
2: no, you're right. We do everything we can to get out of it. And, you know, it's biblical. God said from the beginning of time after the fall that by the sweat of your brow, you shall work. Right.
1: Um, but that's where we find our happiness because that's where our, our, our purpose is and yeah. our contribution. And, you know, you, you look in the mirror at the end of the day and say, gee, I did a good job. Yeah. and it, And it and it and it. It's what makes you uh, proud of yourself, you know, and, right. and uh, yeah, you did a good thing. You did yeah. a good thing that not totally. only for yourself and you got paid, but you did this and it helped people. It, 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 uh, uh, it was a positive effect or a, a, <coughs> a yeah a positive affect on, on people. Right. Well, so, and don't
2: you feel better when you, when you just turn into the work instead of avoid doing everything you can to avoid it, isn't it? Don't you feel better when you just turn into it? You feel more accomplished. Like, you know, you put in ah. the, the blood, sweat, and tears, and you did it, and you accomplished it, and you got the, the payout that comes from it, whether or not it's the payout you think you deserve or not, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's a lot more satisfying than constantly trying to find ways to turn away right. from it. And so I just, all that to be s- saying that maybe I'm just turning into my dad. Maybe I'm just turning into my right. dad and becoming, you know, seeing things a little more from his perspective mm. uh, when he would when he was uh, telling us kids, You know what that's called? You know, put your called? nose to the grindstone, get do to work. You, do you know what that's called? It's called wisdom, pal. <laughs> probably so. If it came from my dad, it probably was wise. Yeah.
1: So what got you well, started so on that's this? that's my
2: rant for the day. Well, what, it's what, just, you know, what got you just reflections. You know, you, get, you know, sometimes you have those reflections when you're working away. It's important. It's important stuff. Now, and, and it's also just, you know, kind of like also just thinking about our country and some of the turmoil and things that we experience these days. Um, 2020. I just think, you know, how important it is. And plus, not to mention the number of people that are um, sadly, sadly, unfortunately out of work or, you know, um, not able to like they want to be at work and they would be at work if they could. And I think about those situations. I think about how important it is just for us to as Americans to kind of like get our heads back on straight. You know, like we've got a good project here that we've that we're that's in front of us. It's 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 terrible. It would be a terrible thing for us to just throw it in the trash and start all over. Right, as some people might want to do. Mm. And it's like, no, we're doing fine. We're doing we're doing great. We need it we need to stop being so stinking masochistic here. And like take the America that has been handed to us from the blood, sweat, and tears of our ancestors and capitalize on it. Right. Build on it. Oh and, and oh and, yeah. You know what I mean? And like show up and, and do your part and stick to it. And not to mention I think there's a psychological um benefit to this, not to cut you off, but there's a psychological benefit to this insofar as like you know, we have an option when we, when we get dissatisfied with things in our lives, maybe sometimes the there's a satisfaction that can be had more immediately if we just accept it and turn in and turn in toward and turn toward it. Right. Well, this is no good. And that's no good. And works no good. And I don't get paid enough. And so it's like, well, why not just accept it, turn in toward it. I mean, you can keep working on other options in your life, but instead of just bemoaning, being miserable every day that you you know, you hate your job and you hate the work you're doing and hate all that. Like why not just accept it? Be be grateful that you have it, I guess. Make a decision to say, I'm just gonna accept this today, that you know, that this is my lot and I'm gonna do it. Well it's called long suffering. You know, I think there's yeah, there's it's some called, joy that can actually come from well, that.
0: Exactly.
1: And uh you know, uh if if a good friend of mine says, you know what, if your if your car has a flat tire do you sit in the car and do nothing and just moan and eh, groan and I mean. and and gripe and yeah. complain? Totally. No, you get out and fix it. Yeah. Just fix it. Right. And then be on your way. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great analogy, or is it a metaphor? Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, but when it comes to you know, you mentioned you know the building up of, and I'm. Sure. You're talking about our country, right? And yeah, absolutely. We have issues. We've had issues in the past. We have issues now. Well, you know, we just work now to overcome and to become better people in a better society. But what what are we doing instead? Yeah. Uh, not all of us, but there's a group of people Absolutely. who are busy tearing down buildings and setting yeah. fire to buildings and, and flipping over police cars and setting <laughs> fire to those police cars and vandalizing and uh, looting. And, uh, you know, yeah. and that's what they do. Absolutely. And um, instead of, OK, let's you know, and that, by the way, isn't going to get what is their goal? What are they hoping to accomplish to make a, an a a, a a better america it sounds because like it isn't throwing, gonna no, work that's just
2: throwing a tantrum that's all it is it's so just throwing a tantrum. So tell, so tell me so here's my question to anybody who's in that in that boat and i've seen people in it you know in this with this uh, new supreme court justice uh being uh, nominated by president trump um uh, and that lady's name is amy coney barrett you know i see people c- crying and complaining and moaning and so forth on the world wide web you know about that mm. about that selection and People are allowed to <coughs> dissent in their opinion. I don't have any problem with that. That's right. fine. You have your own opinion, but it's like, okay, th- I mean, like, okay, what's the point of your tantrum if you yourself are not doing something personally in your life for your own values, right? And vice versa. If you if you complain about, um, you know, if you complain about opposite issues, what are you doing in your personal life? So I see a lot of people casting blame on everybody else in the system and the government and all this like, okay, but what kind of person are you? Right. Are you the most just person that's out there right now? Mm-hmm. Are you the most compassionate person? Are you the least racist? Are you the, um, the most prayerful? the most, you know, committed to your faith? Like, you know, enough of, I mean, of, I don't mind if, that you that you complain about these things. I think we need to vent about these various issues. Well, no,
1: but we need to. But we also
2: need to make sure that we ourselves are authentic to the values that we expect. everyone right. Else to Right. We, but
1: we 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 need to do something that maybe humanity used to do. I don't know. I've been around but for 58 years that, you know, dialogue and debate. OK. And compromise and work together to find solutions, screaming and yelling and cursing and accusing each other of racism and burning down buildings and smashing windows and looting is not doing a damn bit of good. No.
2: And you know, what really frustrates me is oftentimes those very same people on both sides of the, of the issues are sometimes the worst offenders of those very issues. (laughs) Yeah. But you know what I mean? I'm like, uh, they're they're the least, they're the worst offenders of it. I'm like, that is so hypocritical. You gotta be joking me right now. But you say people on both sides of the issues
1: Okay, so let me let me just say this. Well,
2: though. I'm just I just mean insofar as humans are humans, look, we all know that the humans are sinful, and you know. Um, well, that's this, right. There's this great prayer in the Byzantine liturgy of, uh, that right before receiving Holy Communion, you recite this prayerful, um, this prayerful thing, and, it, and it's like of of whom the the I, I forget the phrase, but it's something like the sinners some, have mercy on sinners, Lord, of whom I am the first. mm
1: Mm-hmm. Well, they asked Mother Teresa's uh, sisters one time, maybe it was even Mother Teresa uh, who was asked the question, but I think it was one of her sisters who was asked the question, what is the problem with the world? And she responded, the problem with the world is me. Mm. Wow. That's profound. I love that. That is profound. So everything we're talking about, by the way, you know, what comes to mind is uh, he who is without sin can cast the first stone. Yeah. Okay. So we're all guilty of sin. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, but, um, you know, uh, I, I, uh, want to touch on something that you said and I said, well, wait a second, you know, both sides. Okay. Maybe there's extremists on both sides, but, uh, here's what I want to point out is there was a big prayer rally, uh, led by, uh, Franklin Graham this past Saturday in Washington. Yeah. Washington DC. Thousands of people, Mm -hmm. thousands of people. Yeah. Not a single broken window. No Mm. violence. Mm. Nobody got hurt. Mm. Okay. Nobody passed out from drug overdose. Mm. There was no looting. Mm. There was no police cars flipped over and set fire. Mm. There were no Molotov cocktails thrown Mm. at police. None of that. Molotov? Molotov? Molotov. Isn't it Molotov? (laughs) Molotov. Is its it, what is it, Molotov? I think so. I think it's a Russian word, isn't it? I guess. Mullet. I
2: used to have a mullet. Yes you did. But did yeah. you have a cocktail? But I did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've had many cocktails in my okay. life. Well, so to your point.
2: Um <laughs> to your point, it, it's it's clear that that there are there are and I I I mean like my my personal opinion of it all is that there is um a particular movement, a particular political movement in this country that does desire to retain these values. Now, neither, again, I do think that there's, there's faults on both sides of the aisle, as we say in political speech, right? Clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, just like we would say, you know, America's not the most perfect country in the world. There's, you know, every country has its pros and cons. But I will say that it's the country that I decide to live in for, for a good many reasons, right? There's mm-hmm. a reason why I live here. And the reason I live here is because I think, Like I said earlier, is that we've we've got a good thing going for us. (laughs) We we, do. There's no and I I am not in agreement with any political movement that thinks that we need to blow it all up. As uh, as I heard one CNN reporter say recently, we have to blow up the whole thing. And he doesn't mean he literally. Um, although no, those, he means, are, those are those are dangerous words to say these days because, you no, know, but what you know, the, the I will show up at your door, you know. Right, but, but what no, he's anyways, saying then, is
1: erase everything, yeah. you know, everything uh-huh. we've built, you know, totally. and, and then we'll just become like yeah. Venezuela or, yeah. no. you know, and, and, and that doesn't work. I am and, not about that at all. I, and I know there are some people who literally are. And it's like, OK,
2: you can have that opinion. That's fine. But I'm going to disagree vehemently with you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm going to vote against that idea i'm going to stand against that idea right i'm going to work against that idea because i don't think that's the right way to go and i don't not just because that somehow benefits me but because i think it benefits everyone to avoid that kind of thinking that we need to sink the ship of america no way jose no is it good we've got a good thing going why would we trash it now Dude, I mean, no. all right. So, and by the way, I, so, I don't mean like we don't have things to fix.
1: Yeah. And but. we've always had things to fix, but that's the thing. We fix them. Okay. We once were a, a country that owned slaves. Yeah. And, and it was legal. We fixed that problem. Right. We said this is wrong. And right. so we fixed it. Absolutely. Okay. Right. So yep. here we are. Absolutely.
2: Well, speaking of um, Supreme Court justices. Were I think we, you, you were, were sharing... we speaking about uh, supreme. I, well, I brought her name up earlier. Yes, I'm just trying did. to figure out a way to segue into a different topic. Well, I'll segue <laughs> into it. She's awesome. I uh, you sent me an article that yeah. I failed. Charles to Charles Chapo,
1: Archbishop Charles Archbishop
2: Chapo. He's a good one. Is he still he still active? No, he's retired. Too tired. Yeah, he's been replaced. He yeah, was in Philly last. So. I'm pretty sure he was most recently in Philly. He, started, yeah, he was, in, I guess, he maybe. was in Denver at one time after the coronavirus. I have no idea and what's then, going on. And then he was some. So then, eventually, I think he ended up in Philly. And then I think he retired from Philadelphia. Yeah, and he was in Denver. He was at one. point. I had, I had lunch with him
1: once. Did you really in Denver? Up in Denver. Yeah. What were you doing up there, uh, Monsignor? And I just drove up there to see. Father Hilton and yeah. goof cool. off, you know. And then you only, ran into Archbishop. It's only a few hours up. You the called rug, up Chapo so. and said, "Hey, no, Charlie, no, because Monsignor, I guess, knows him somehow. Oh, nice, or something like That's that. Cool. I, I can't remember. Wow, it's the COVID thing. I can't remember. anything. yeah, you've got COVID
2: brain. So okay, so back to um, the woman who with uh, in whom, yeah, her the name dogma is Amy. lives
1: loudly. Yeah, Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah, and so uh, Chapu's article that appears in First Things. Uh, They posted it, I think, uh, New Advent, perhaps. And uh, he's really going after those who are critics of her, and for good reason. And then, you know, we've been listening for the past several days. Uh, Bill Maher, did you hear his comments? Called her an effing nut? No. No. Because she's Catholic. She's Well, really first of all, Catholic. he's a pretty crass person. And he is crass and he's a baptized Catholic. And you know what? I he didn't feels know that. He, you know, what comes out of his mouth is, is from, I'm telling you right now, it's guilt because he knows mm. in his heart of hearts, he knows. And so it's easier for him to attack practicing Catholics. Isn't it, isn't it interesting, you know, you know, the church back in the day, like <laughs> in the
2: middle ages or even the 1500s. I uh, wasn't around, but sure, okay. They you know what they would have done with public well, you, we see what they did yeah. with public figures who who were Catholic. That would make such um claims so opposite the church. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. They, they, they were gone they sanctioned them yeah. with things like uh, excommunication or other penalties within the church. And there are other penalties besides excommunication is the one that gets all the attention, but there are other penalties within the church and the canon law. Sure. That can, could be lobbed toward and it, And they're not lobbed as like, you know, um, a um, draconian, you know, measure, but more so like we need to correct you as a, as good parents would correct their child. Right. And, P- and and here's the difference though, is people back then cared about <laughs> no. whether they were getting ex. Bill Mauer wouldn't care if he got excommunicated. <laughs> no. He's already He'd be ex- like ah, no, but he he I didn't care he he that.
1: just because he quit he just yeah. he just decided he didn't believe anymore. So right. out the door he went. Yeah. But I think his attack on, on people like uh, Amy Con- uh, Coney Barrett is I think it's coming from there's something deep within him. There's I think his conscience. Oh sure. Is driving him buggy. Absolutely. And so it's easier to attack the practicing Catholic. Sure.
2: That's what I think. Well, and especially when, when you've sold your soul out, you know, to the secular world, you become a worldling. Mm-hmm. And, and now your values aren't in line with the church at all. Yeah. So when the church, you know, stands its ground, or someone from the church who mm-hmm. believes authentically like Amy, or mm-hmm. I should say Miss Mrs. Barrett, mm-hmm. um, I don't really know her that personally— uh, Mrs. Barrett, um, then, then, uh, then, yeah, then, then, then you're seen as an affront to the worldlings mm-hmm. um, princi- uh, principles or even values. Right. And so anything that starts to frustrate the advancement of those values is seen as an attack or, you know, an obstacle. I mean, that's what I, that's what I can't get over is like, is, is there's clearly among worldlings an understanding that when the church holds the position it holds, it holds them powerfully. Or else they would just say, Oh, those are a bunch of crazy Catholics. They're they're non-issues. They're they that they, they can do their crazy little cultish things mm-hmm. and they and we're gonna let them do those things, and it's not mm-hmm. gonna affect us. But what's funny is everyone knows <laughs> that the Catholic worldview, the Catholic moral view, the Catholic view of law, et cetera, et cetera. Is powerful mm-hmm. and has an effect. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. It's also a lot of times just guilt on the mind of some former ex-Catholic,
1: like whatever. Right. But so this attack, though, on her by certain people, like Feinstein is one. Okay. Yeah. Who, you know, the dogma is living loudly within you. Yeah. Uh, I was reading some of the blogs from celebrities. By the way, half of these celebrities, I'm like, who are these people? <laughs> right. No idea who you are. How did are. you become a celebrity? It's like I don't even know who you are. You know, right. what show are you on? What show is this? I've never seen it. Yeah. You know, so uh, in any case, but there's some people who you are, you know, very recognizable. Yeah. So they attack her. Um, and for being Catholic. Oh, she's Catholic. OK, well, Joe Biden's Catholic. Nancy right. Pelosi is Catholic. What's the difference? Well, that's she's funny. She's pro-life. It's com- it's yeah. it's the life issue. Absolutely. There you go. So she's pro-life. She Okay, there's a difference. There's a it's a double standard. There's there's one standard for Catholics who actually follow the teachings of the church. Absolutely. There's another standard for those who really don't. Absolutely. Well, no absolutely. It, and it's just you it's relativism. It's
2: pure right unbridled relativism because they're just using Um, They're just using something like the title Catholic in this case, um, insofar as it benefits them. So so to say let's say you're a Democrat and you're supporting Joe Biden. Well, his Catholicism makes him a good guy because he's religious. Amy Barrett's Catholicism makes her a bad girl, bad lady, because um, she is an actual Catholic. It's an actual Catholic that actually supports things that, right? And so and that's seen as a bad thing for, you know, that their cause. So it's all about like, you know, what can benefit them politically for their own mm-hmm. agenda. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so mind numbing, or I should say crazy making, actually. it's So it's, that's what's so crazy making about this relativistic approach to the world, to politics, to religion, you name mm-hmm. it, right? Is that it's. It's it's very like postmodern. It's all very, well. Hey, man, like this benefits me here, but it doesn't benefit me there. So, what's true in this case isn't true in that case. I mean, we saw the same thing with, um, you know, with some of the like the 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 prime the the, the debates, right? The who you, you see debate? this with political debates, and I yeah, which debate? I, well, I'm you talking thinking about? here in terms of like the conflict that arises when you know. Are we getting political on this show? No, we're not, we're trying not to. We're not. No, well, we're, so we're let me just, just say, look, this, well, we all, all we're doing me, here, let me, let me we're, not, we're, not,
1: we're not, we're, not, we're not being political. Okay. we are simply defending the. We're just the defending. Truth, we're defending Amy because yeah. Amy. Barrett, because she is a practicing Catholic, we're defending her because there's a whole onslaught of people who want to tear her down. Right. So all I'm saying- Because she's Catholic. Absolutely. And she's pro-life Catholic. Right. And, and, and that was my
2: point, is that on the one hand, they'll they'll say, this person's you know, great mm-hmm. because they're Catholic. On the other hand, they'll say, someone like Amy Barrett's not great because she's Catholic. So that's a little bit of
1: relativism and two-facedness, really. Yeah, but see, relativistic uh societies or cultures whatever it just doesn't work it, no it doesn't and uh <laughs> down it the just, road you can't no, sustain it it. Just, it can't it cannot be sustained <laughs> you can't sustain it because you what
2: you've basically done is moved yourself off the anchor mm-hmm. of the truth mm-hmm. that's like taking your house off of its concrete foundation good luck there's no st- you know your concrete foundation never moves mm-hmm Never. That's the whole point of a mm. solid foundation is it doesn't unless,
1: shift. It doesn't change. It well, doesn't move. Unless a semi rams into it, that could happen.
2: Well, then, yeah, you, then you have to build a new house. <laughs> but where are you going to build a house? On top of a solid foundation, mm. right? Yep. So if you're constantly moving your foundation, then it's not solid. Mm-hmm. And you can't sustain that over a long period of time. It does not make for longevity. Anyhow. That was quite a rant there, Tom. Yeah, I'm in a ranty mood tonight.
1: Boy, are you <laughs>
2: Why? You should never have called that one episode a while back, Tony rants. Cause now like, I just, I feel like I have, I have like license to just rant, show up any week and rant, rant okay. on the podcast. But no, you need to rant, you know? Well, it's so not, we, I'm not so much we, ranting. We have it's to just, rant. You know, I'm, I get, I get sick and tired of just, um, the, the inanity of, um, of the world and the, the conversations that take place. Cause so many of them are relativistic and so many of them are just a matter of, you know, like, well, this is just what I like and. You know, if you wanted to, um, if you wanted to really punish me, you would like, you would find a way to replay over and over and over within my earshot, the phrase uttered by Oprah, speak your truth. Mm-hmm. That would, that
1: would be pure punishment. For is me. that, is that what she said? Speak your truth. Oprah said that? There's not. First of all. Do you watch Oprah? Is that what you're admitting to? <laughs> no. no, no. God. God help us now. She's like a billionaire or something. Yeah.
2: She's getting really old. I can't believe she's yeah. still around.
1: We're yeah. getting what old. She was not old. Well, she's getting old though. Yeah. I mean, she's been around for a long time. She's got money. <laughs> you can she was that in again. that uh, show. Uh, what was it? Uh, what was that movie? Real famous movie back in the 70s. Roots. Roots. Was she in Roots? Yeah. Or The Color Purple? Maybe The Color
2: Purple. Yeah. You don't know. Shoot. You don't know. I think you, she was in the color purple. Dude, you,
1: you're the guy who knows everything. I just she, remember you know those. those two, well,
2: people. I don't. Not when I those movies came out. When I was man, I was
1: small. I was. I was yeah. born in '72. Yeah. Uh, so, any case, both great, great films. Yeah, good films. Yeah, great films. Um, okay, so okay, um, so back case. to truth. So my point is, you
2: can't just have. You can't have relatives. You must have a solid truth. And truth Mm -hmm. is one. And truth, of course, is outside of mankind. So it's not our, you know, it kind of goes back to something we said a while back on several, I don't know how many episodes ago, but about the importance of thinking of truth or even law as something beyond mankind. So it's not our job. And here's the, you know, this is where we would really be getting beyond the messy conversations in this country if we could accomplish this understanding if we could get to the point where we realize that truth and law and even government the principles of government exist outside of mankind in a pure perfect way such that it's our job to discover what that truth is and not our job to determine the truth and what happens so often in the halls of politics and government and Heck, nowadays, even inside of churches, sadly, is we sit down, we have
1: a committee meeting, and we decide what the truth is. And it's like, no, that is not how it works. Do you want a great quote from Pope Benedict the XVI? Yes. Truth is not determined by majority vote. Absolutely. Isn't that a great quote? I had that on a T-shirt once, and then eventually wore right. holes in it. Right. Truth, and I put it on the billboard outside, you know, the electronic sign? Yeah. Truth is not determined by majority vote absolutely it is outside of us it comes from a divine source that would
2: be god right and so what should be happening in like say the 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 presidential debates tonight that we're going to watch on the television or even in the nomination hearings uh that that will happen with um mrs barrett Mm -hmm. what ought to be the project is to determine how well this person attaches themselves to
1: the eternal universal truth But she already does and she is. And so what happens? She's attacked. Oh, of course. Of course. Because the the, the
2: people who are attacking her are worldlings who are relativists Mm -hmm. who don't believe in universal truth. Okay. That's my point is like the person that should shine, like say a nominee like Mrs. Barrett or a presidential candidate, the person that should really shine in our minds is the person that is most obviously in touch with universal truth. Right. Right. And that should be the project of any of these hearings or or debates Mm -hmm. is to show yourself as somebody who's really in touch with that universal Mm -hmm. truth, because that will show that you are a a person sold out to capital T truth. Mm -hmm. And that's somebody you would want as a president, as a supreme court justice, as you name it. Yeah, exactly.
1: Okay, so uh, any case I mentioned earlier, you weren't here yet, but uh, how I'm praying for her and offering days of fasting. My fasting is a little weak been weak you lately. Know. Well, it that's always honest. it's always been weak. Well, you know, all it takes is a friend to call and say, "Hey, you you hungry? You want to go get a steak?" and okay, what time? You know, so I'm just very I'm honest. I'm weak, so. Well, um, just so weak. But I have not smoked a cigar in
2: 3 weeks. My fasting's been going pretty well. I just had some fast food last night. Oh,
1: there you go. That's that's Is that the kind of fasting uh, yeah, you're talking oh, yeah, about? Yeah, well, not exactly, but hey, <laughs> that works. What whatever floats your boat. See, I'm a relativist now. You yeah. can go ahead and <laughs> oh, claim that one. It's okay, you know. <laughs> All right, so um, hey, uh, so any case, that article uh, again, I think it's posted on New Advent uh, by Archbishop Charles Chaput, and you can check that out. And it's and certainly on FirstThings.com. FirstThings.com, right? Yeah. So and and uh, he so he's just making a case for. Mm-hmm. The
2: who she is and mm-hmm. and the fact that he's happy that she's that she's been selected. I'm assuming mm-hmm. is that oh, what he's doing? He, oh, he's happy. Yeah, yeah. I'm and happy. he's and he's also pointing out the probably the irrationality of attacking someone like Mrs. Barrett. Yeah, is what he's probably doing. Because right. I remember he wrote a book a while back and I almost read it, but it was about um, the importance of having authentic. Um,
1: Truth seekers in positions of government. Right. So the enemy's side, or the the enemy, here's the enemy. Okay. The the enemy, here's what the enemy really fears. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Is um, the reversal of Roe v. Wade. Isn't it interesting?
2: It really does seem to rile people up, doesn't it? Like, even if it's, even if it's like, and so of course, like one, one theory for instance, is that she could come on board with the Supreme court and Roe v. Wade could be overturned. And let's say it's going to, I mean, like, that's not going to just like instantly overnight be like, okay, you know, now it's illegal to have an abortion in the country. No, it's not going to happen like that. It's going to take time, right? It's going to evolve. And in fact, it would probably take as much time to, you know, for that decision to really weigh out, um, and, and, and there would be another election and possibly a Democrat, you know, administration might show up. So, so, you know, the Democrats being obviously pro-abortion, pro-legal abortion, right? It's very clear as part of their platform. So all that could happen. But in the meantime, just the threat of, of that process moving in the direction of making abortion illegal freaks people out. And not just some people, but a lot of people who are on the other side of the issue they're freaked out by the idea that this woman, this Catholic woman could become a Supreme court justice and that that law Mm -hmm. could be endangered. Right. Mm -hmm. Even if the, even if the law is endangered for like a short period of time, they freak out about it, which, which shows me that you're right. That like you're onto something that is not just, not just the, um, the other side, the people who stand for other things, I think it's the devil. I really think it's the devil, and I think he's spiritually darkening consciences. I've said this before, and I think he's, you know, I think he's, oppressing people, literally oppressing them, mm-hmm. in the theological sense of the term. And why to is to the this? point where he is manipulating otherwise good people? And why? Because his time is short. There you go. <laughs>
1: well, I hope you're right. But, I hope you're but, right about that. You know what? I we, remember we don't need this uh, malarkey. I got to tell you, one when, when, one time. Okay, so we, we was in the seminary. So a bunch of us would go on Saturday mornings down to the, and this was in Cromwell, Connecticut. A group of us would go down to the abortion uh, mill and Uh we would pray on the sidewalk. Yeah. Not go onto their property. We would stand on the sidewalk and- Peaceful prayer. Yeah. Yeah. We wouldn't scream obscenities. We just prayed the rosary, you know. Yeah. Kind of like that movie- um, Unplanned. Unplanned. Yeah. Okay. So uh, it's interesting. There was, uh, so I was standing next to this guy in one uh, seminary. His name was Jack. And um, up on top of the building, there were, you could see these two, uh, there was a, a a raven, you know, big blackbird, mm. you know, like mm. big old bird, you know? Yeah. Ravens are actually um, symbolic in a lot of cultures. Okay. Keep but going. so there was the raven up on, on top and there was another raven just as big, probably a little bit bigger, but would fly down and then would fly back and have sticks like in its beak. hmm So, you knew they were building a nest. hmm so, my friend Jack, the seminarian, said, "Look at that they're building the birds are building a nest for their young hmm. down below, we're killing, killing our young. young wow yeah that's that's ironic. wow,
2: wow, it's right yeah, it's unbelievable. Well, I'll tell you what like in it and I think well look even isn't it true in old testament times that that um the blood of babies." was sometimes required by some of these demon gods mm-hmm. that were worshiped mm-hmm. by pagan people mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and i think here even of um well even the aztecs <clears throat> yeah mm-hmm.
1: Say, so, well they weren't infants they but were, they were young they, they were, they were,
2: were... blood sacrifice yeah they were young men and i'm sure there were was it only though i mean like i don't I'm know i'm assuming they didn't discriminate but I could be wrong, but I do, I do know that there were others, mm-hmm. right? So there's this blood sacrifice that, um, mm-hmm. that the demons want, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and, and the, and those gods have demanded from their unwitting, well, not unwitting followers from their, how you say lost followers, right? Yeah. Sad man. i tell you, but praise God that he gives us little lights like Mrs. Barrett and other just people in our country that are fighting the good fight Mm -hmm. you know
1: yep thank Um, god for and i'm praying i'm praying i'm inviting everyone to pray with me that uh, she is confirmed very soon okay yeah absolutely i think i think that you can't go wrong even if you know no matter what you can't go wrong by just throwing
2: good at a situation and 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 just praying some of it sticks you know what i mean
1: yeah. OK, so uh, listen. So what about um, now? You said um, that we are going to have uh, the uh, not to change uh, yeah, yeah. Year so rapidly and all, yeah, you know, but yeah. uh, I'm just I'm looking at the clock and I'm thinking, well, if yeah. we want to watch the uh, debate ourselves, we'll have to be careful. About we have to time. be we got to be careful about well, our time. Let me ask see, this. So, I do have a McBee
2: minute coming up, um, but I also wanted to check and see if you had anything to review in the tobacco world.
1: Well, I don't. But, hey, uh, I don't. Well, that's boo. But I Do you? That's boo? What did you, that's you say? That's boo. Boo? That's a big fat boo. <laughs>
2: boo. Boo. You don't have anything? Boo. I was going to, yeah, I was going to, uh, you know what? I was going to review a couple things, but now I'm blanking on, I should keep the labels like you do. You're smart. Yeah. You keep See, the I, label from the cigar. I keep you the You put label. it in your pocket and then you take it home and you set it on your desk and you wait till the podcast and then that, that way you can look at the label and say, oh, that was the cigar I smoked. Mm-hmm. I do have a review but it wasn't an impressive review so probably better that I just let okay, it Okay, let's for this just week. can it. And yeah. we can
1: bring it next week. Okay, but listen, I want to share with you this. Here's an email that I got, okay? Okay. Good evening, Holy Smokes team. Right. I thought that I would drop you all an email to let you know that I enjoy the podcast. Plus, you are always begging for emails. Yeah. I enjoy true. the banter, but I was glad that the gospel review was brought back this week. Hey. I always look forward to the insight that the team has into the reading. My wife and I are the directors of our local parishes, uh, RCIA program in our little paradise in central Massachusetts. Paradise is in central Massachusetts. Yeah. Let's move. Yeah. Oh, man, I love Massachusetts. It's a beautiful state. Oh, it is beautiful. Fall time? Boston. Yeah, the leaves, you know. Boston. The, see, we kind of get, you know, well, cactus don't change. That's true. We don't really get a whole lot of color, except unless you go to the river. Well, if you go up in the mountains, the, the mountains. Aspens, that's a different story, right? But yeah. But we live in the desert. It's true. Well, the high desert, which is different. So we encourage people to come
2: check it out. So he says,
1: yeah. So he said, I always look forward to year a when the readings for the scrutinies are read at every mass. I was a bit disappointed this year that uh, we could not offer this at our church due to COVID-19. But on the podcast, the short versions of the gospels were read. These are such deep readings and have meaning on many different levels. But I still listened Thank you. Uh, on, you read that you, yeah. read, you read that with a very Boston Bostonian yeah. accent about the podcast. The podcast. Pa- the podcast. Um so we got to remember that for next, uh, next time around. Okay. One other note, a couple of weeks ago, I can't remember what the discussion was, but father Scott was talking about an old black and white TV and he referred to the brand as RCIA.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know he meant RCA. That's R-C-A. awesome. I know. I can't say RCA. Use your words. I cannot say RCA. RCA. You know, I just can't say, unless it was How about a about R C Cola.
2: Did you, uh, yeah,
1: RCA
2: TV. RCA TV. Would, then, yeah, would you, were, you let
1: me continue? Yeah. Okay. I do not smoke <laughs> cigars, but I always find the reviews interesting. Just keep up the good work, Todd. Uh, Ted, that is Cavill. Uh, Ted Cavill. Thank you, Ted. Yeah. Shout out to Ted in Massachusetts. Nice to meet you virtually. Someday, maybe even in person. I was telling, by the way, you know, here we are in the desert. I was just saying earlier, before you got here, Tony, that today is the first day that I could see clearly the mountains because of the smoke. Yeah. I can see clearly now the, the smoke rain is gone. Oh, yes. oh yeah, the, the smoke is <laughs> gone, right? Not the rain. Gee, we haven't seen rain in Lord knows how yeah, long. That'd be when nice was the last see. time it rained here? Nice to see Do you have rain. any idea? What is rain? Yeah, I don't even know anymore. Yeah. It's horrible. I forget. It's like you, know what, you know what I'd love better
2: than rain, though? What? Snow. I hate snow. I would love to see some snow. Well, to I'm me, getting I'm, look, getting I'm getting stoked. If snow's up in the mountains, stoked, if it's up bro. in the
1: mountains, that's fine, but not
2: down here. I'm I'd, sorry. Getting stoked. I'm getting my... I took my ski equipment, getting it tuned up. Yeah, well... I'm very positive about this year, but I think I might be a little bit too
1: positive for what may really come. Yeah. It's supposed a, it, to be... It's supposed to be iffy. 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 And that would include the Southern Rockies. Iffy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. not good. Unfortunately. Hey, uh so listen, you know what? Uh, let's do the McBee thing. Here we go. Uh, three
2: questions for both of us because Will's gone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Best of times or worst of times? What? Best of
1: times or worst of times? And I'm not really sure what this that is means. This kind of like
2: the the trivia we did where we were trying yeah. to guess
1: what was on your yeah. mind. I'll tell you what. Uh, well, it depends on your... Well, I would say this, though, because the worst of times can also become the best of times. Because it's the worst of times when you begin yeah. to grow and you become better. As a result, you become stronger, more resolved, yeah, wiser, all the wiser for it. Yeah, there you go. So you would as,
2: rather live in the worst of times.
1: Well, I'm, um, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If, if I, if I know, if I see the outcome, and that that outcome is going to be growth for my myself, like great growth. Yeah, I'm, I'll take the worst of times, man. But depends on how that bad. A, I mean, that. what is it? Okay, what does the worst of times mean? Like the apocalypse? Okay. Whoa. Well, uh, even then. You know, if if the apocalypse comes and we belong to Jesus, what do we have to worry about? Well, what does the best of times look like for Yeah, what matter? is the best of times? Okay, that would be Adam and Eve before the fall. That would be the best of times. Adam and Eve in the garden before the fall. Okay. That would be the best of times. Would you rather live then or would you rather live now? I would rather live now. And I'll tell you why. Because this is the time God willed for me to exist. <clears throat> oh, man, that's a cop out. Oh, please. That's a holy man cop out. No, but you know what? I would. I'm glad I live now because I got to live the 70s and the 80s, which were total blasts. Actually, this is what I have to say about it. What?
2: It is not for us to choose when we were born. The times in which we were born it is for us to choose what to do with the time in which we live. That was profound, and I'm that was, weeping. That was Gandalf.
1: Yeah, but I'm, actually, I'm, yeah, I'm weeping. Um. Was that, I Gandalf? I, what is I, that? Yeah, oh, so Gandalf, Gandalf is—he's in, uh, in the Hobbit. The okay. Star see, Hobbit I don't. You know, I got to admit, I fell asleep in the first <laughs> one. I just—I didn't get into it. I fell I, asleep. I agree with you about these. This question: the best of times or
2: worst of times? Mm-hmm. By the way. Um Man, I'm torn because I think the worst of times is just as rich, sometimes even richer mm-hmm. because of the challenge that are involved mm-hmm. and the opportunity you have to overcome them. And then as far as like whether these are the best of times, I thought maybe the question might be, are these the best of times or the worst of times? These? I certainly don't think they're the best of times. No, but they're not I'm the not worst sure of times. I'm not sure the worst of times either.
1: No, the times that we're living it's in certainly now not
2: great, are not the worst of times. Yeah. Let's go back to the time of the depression or the second world war. Yeah. That was, that was pretty bad too, but those probably aren't, weren't even the worst of times.
1: Yeah, probably. Not. You know what I
2: mean? Like yeah. you said, like it's on, it's on a scale. Mm-hmm. All right, well, there you go. That's there's, it? There's, nope, I'm ready for th- question number three. Okay. Debate or moderate? Debate or moderate? Try not to hate. Love your mate. You remember that
1: excess song? Yeah. yeah. You know I had dinner with them one night. I had the you whole band. dinner with everybody. I had the whole band piled in the back of my Toyota pickup You've truck. You've got to be In jo- Excess? Yeah. Oh, man. The that whole awesome. band. I took him to the Hungry Bear. <laughs> Wait, is that a place here? Yeah, well, it was up in the heights of Albuquerque. No kidding. Yeah, kid. the whole band. The whole band in the back of your car. I piled in the back of my Toyota pickup Come truck. on. Yeah. Two of the guys up front and then... Uh, no, one of the guys up front. I had bucket seats. Yeah, the, the, but one... Okay, one of the guys up front and the rest of the band in the back. The Toyota that you just sold? No, no. This might that. my pickup okay. truck.
2: Wow. Wow. That's crazy. That's, yeah. that's worth a story. But go back to the question, debate or moderate. Would you rather be Chris Wallace tonight, <clears throat> who is the moderator of the presidential debates, or would you rather be one of the
1: gentlemen on the stage? Depends on my mood, uh, how fiery I am at the moment, because, you know, I can get fiery mm-hmm. at times. Uh, so I would say, and it depends on who I would be debating, you know, uh, yeah. so of <laughs> uh, it's, uh, you know, yeah, I would, I got to tell you, I think you would want to be the marauder. The marauderator. What? what? <laughs> the marauderator. The moderator the one who steals and pillages. <laughs> the marauderator. The yeah. marauderator. I just invented a word.
2: You the know, moderator. I would. I would rather. My mo. I actually get more satisfaction from moderating things. Yeah, absolutely. Than I do. You know, being posse. No,
1: you know what it is? You like to, to stir the stink and then uh, set two people off against each other and then walk well, away. That, that makes it sound
2: like a terrible thing. <laughs> <laughs> I just love asking questions and I love listening to people's responses. And mm-hmm. I think that would be fun to be a moderator. Um, and as far as debating, I don't know, like insofar as no, like if I would only do it insofar as I thought that, you know, like there wasn't anyone else that could or would take on the challenge and stand up for the truth like if that was the case then i'd be like all right my duty is to step in and do something that i don't want to mm-hmm. do in order to stand up for the truth mm-hmm. other 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 than that i would happily take the back seat and just be the moderator and help guide the conversation a little bit mm-hmm. you know yeah, yeah okay so we're in agreement on that yeah okay. all right there you go that's uh, that was, the that was that was that was pretty
1: fun Okay, so um, I think we've come to the end. Uh, We've got a little debate to go and and, uh, check out. Mm -hmm. All right, so uh, listen, I want to thank our friend from Massachusetts, Ted, who uh, wrote in. And uh, also, don't forget, friends, we are still building a church, sjvnm.org. And we have another podcast called the Catholic Beef Apologetics Podcast. This coming weekend will be, I think, part five on the Immaculate Conception. How about that? Very cool. Okay, next week, hopefully Will will be back. Uh, I know he's uh, yet very busy. He's uh, like very, very busy Man, person. He picks up more jobs he's got,
0: than I've had. This guy's got
1: uh,
2: I think he's more seen, jobs than I've ever had in my life.
1: Uh, could, you, could you imagine his resume?
0: Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. HALO is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content. But you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.app/breadbox.